What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 23, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, Justin, a.k.a. J-Mac, a.k.a. founder numero uno, and I would typically be joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, founder numero dos, Ben Baseball. However, it is one founder flying solo today. I wanted to make sure that the grounds crew had an episode going into the weekend, even though Ben might have fallen into the Ozzy Smith uh, abyss. Ben will be back with us uh, next week. However, I did the next best thing. I wanted to get uh, someone in studio to talk a little bit about what's going on in the NL West. So it was very great of the great Sam Bino to join us to talk a little bit about uh, things going on around baseball, including the NL West, including the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, who Ben has been giving me a shit hard time lately due to their free fall. They have lost 18 of their last 20. So Sam and I spend some time getting into that. We talked about Hanley Ramirez getting released from the Red Sox. Uh, we talked about the Anthony Rizzo slide that uh, was controversial this week. A lot of great stuff here. I would like to thank Sam for joining us. It's always a pleasure to have him here on the pod. And now I do present to you the interview with the great Sam Bino. All right, we are back in the studio. Joining us live is the great Sam Bino. What's going on, man? Uh, not not much, Justin. The the end of the week for me. It's only a Thursday, but I'm I'm preparing to fly up to New York City and spend some time with Jimmy West Mid Uptown. I don't know what you call him anymore, <laughs> we, but we haven't decided on a name. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't know you were going up there this weekend. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, see the Mets play the Cubs, I think, tomorrow night at, at City Field. I, nice. been, I have never been to New York City, so I'm pretty excited about oh boy. going and, and watching some baseball, Jimmy. Oh, boy. You've, you've explored all throughout Japan, but haven't explored New York City, so that should be interesting. I mean, I've, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how that works. I've been all over the country, just not New York. Yeah, it, it seems like a place that you, you would typically avoid if it were not for Jimmy, though. So, I, yeah, I get it. Please. Yeah, no, I totally get it. I'm actually going to Houston this weekend for the uh, Astros-Red Sox series. Ooh, that'll be an amazing series yeah, for sure. Yeah, should be. We're recording on Thursday, so the first game is tonight. Uh, but tomorrow's got – so I'm going to the game tomorrow night. It's, it's uh, Sale uh, versus McCullers, I want to say. No, I think McCullers might be going tonight. But uh, so going to get a Chris Sale day. I'm looking forward to that. He had a stinky-ass last outing, so uh, I'm looking for him to bounce back. I'm sure he will. But, yeah. Uh, Ar- yeah, arguably the two best teams in the AL, and you get to see them both play. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, man. I'm going in with uh, oh, so it's uh, Garrett Cole tomorrow night versus Chris Sale. Both of those are, are very good pitchers, indeed. So that should be good. And then Saturday night has Price versus Verlander, which will be even better. So looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going in with pretty low expectations, I guess. I, I mean. They've got the most wins in baseball, so I can't really complain with how things have gone. They haven't missed a beat with Hanley being gone. That's a fucking insane story. Um, I just, I don't, guess I don't really get it, man. That's so out of, no pun intended, but so out of left field, you know? I totally don't understand. I mean, he would be welcome at literally any other squad, and I'm surprised they DFA'd him as opposed to trying to extract some value before assigning that designation. Yeah. Um, just for Pedroia, I know you're, you're hot on that guy's nuts, but I am not, I don't think he's very good at baseball any longer. I know he's a a real gritty guy Yeah. and he's got clubhouse, whatever, you know, panache or something, but like (laughs) his numbers aren't there over the past couple of years. And, you know, Hanley is a streaky hitter and, you know, he'll do well somewhere else. I'm sure of it. It's pretty crazy that Pedroia is still on that team and he played with Alex Cora. That's, that's, that's crazy. Wild. And Alex uh, Cora was like, you need to play this young guy at second base, not me. Ugh. It's a pretty insane story. Uh, that's just the only other person that can typically like you can talk about something like that would be Bartolo because he's the only other person that's been around that long. Holy shit. That's so true. My <laughs> favorite bit of Dustin Pedroia trivia is that him and Andre Ethier of the of the Dodgers, however long ago that was, like 19 years uh, they're best friends, and they go on family vacation like all the time with their kids. <laughs> that was I was laughing so hard the other night when you sent me that picture because I I had so many questions, including why is this on your phone, uh, why does this exist? You know, there there were a lot of questions involved. <laughs> there, I, there's a lot to unpack with that situation, but yeah. neither of those guys are really on my my top list of no. any po- positive tables. 
I get it. I get it. It's one of those Homer things, you know, for me with Pedroia. I feel like with Hanley, man, uh, I fully expect a team to sign him. The thing is they couldn't trade him because he had that clause in his contract that escalated it from $15 million to $22 million. If oh, he had that's like, right, with like the at-bats or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. He had to have like right. 419 plate appearances of what it was, is what it was. And so no team was going to take that on. They may as well just wait to, until they release him, and then they don't have to worry about that. So, yeah, I think I've I've told you this, but I I in my heart of hearts, I truly believe that there's probably a 30% chance that they know that he's been taking performance enhancing drugs yep. and he's he hasn't been that good. There's been, you know, a couple of suspensions. I think they know he's juiced and they're just dumping him. I agree with you because tell me how weird you think this is, right? So, there was so they had to make a corresponding roster move to bring him up. So they were talking about trading Swihart. They were talking about um, you know sending someone down. They can always do that. Um, they could have sent Jackie Bradley Jr. down because he really honestly needed the time. He's hitting better now than he was for the first like month and a half. But yeah, um, but they could. I mean, at that point, I would have seen them sending him down as not much of a shock. And I think that he. So this is really fucking strange. They were in Tampa right for the series against the Rays. And they uh, they finished that that series, and they were headed back to Boston that night. And he lives in a, in Miami. Uh, Hanley does, and so instead of DFAing him like there in Tampa, they announced it at three forty five a.m. that they were rele- releasing him. That's a very very strange strange thing to me. Well, they think we wouldn't pick it up somehow. <laughs> Get lost in the overnight news cycle. No, I think it was more like um, I don't know. It just it just feels to me like leading up to that was certainly not the way that they, that they intended to go. So it just makes me feel like they found something. I I, I guess it'll remain to be seen, but they must have got wind of something they didn't like. Yeah, I mean, you know, he hasn't played in a while. There could be a sneaky lingering injury, and he's like potentially recovering from that right now. They could totally cover it up um, before they make a move on him, right? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the thing is, too, they signed him at a really weird time for that team. I mean, they were coming out of 2013 when, I mean, that team that won the World Series that year was the jankiest fucking team that's ever won a World Series. And there's only one reason they won it, and that's fate, and that's it. There's no other reason. They were That was not a good team at all. Um, synergy is a funny thing that way. But anyway... Uh, I mean, that team had Stephen Drew on it, for God's sakes. Stephen Drew. Who the Drew. fuck is Stephen Drew? That exactly. Guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> exactly. He's my piece of shit for the episode. <laughs> I love it. Um, but anyway, so they signed him at a weird time, along with the Pablo thing. We all know how I feel about Pablo fucking Sandoval. Um, that guy sucks. But uh, I don't know. They just they needed different things at that time. And at this point, I mean, he's been so streaky, man. He's been so hurt. The left field thing was a disaster. Like, my God. And um, it just hasn't worked out. And that's, plus, Mitch, your boy Mitch Moreland's hitting the fucking piss out of the baseball right now. Yeah, he belongs at Wrigley with that fucking wall there. I mean, he's just going to hit doubles all day. I think you mean Fenway. I picked it. I know we try not to talk about fantasy too much, but I picked him up in my fantasy league when I had Chris Davis. Yeah. Good Chris Davis. Chris Davis with a K. Uh, right. Going to DL. Right. Yeah, that, that is the much better Davis. How did the... I wonder, I, I've been wondering, like, I haven't looked too far into that, but I wonder what happened with him. He just, like, fell off a fucking cliff. Who? Yeah, I don't know. Well, playing in Baltimore has probably got to hurt you a little bit, right? That place sucks. Yeah. Buck Showalter and the like. Buck fucking Showalter. <laughs> His name is Buck, and he likes to fuck. He sure as hell does. Oh, man. I'll have to tell you about the, uh, a buddy of mine and the Don Matsu, uh, Matsuyama, what, what's that pitching coach for the Rangers long time? Uh, Don Matsuwaku. Don no, Matsu, Don Matsuwaku. He was like a, a long time hitting coach or some shit like that for the Rangers. And he's actually back now, but um, I'll have to tell you a story about him sometime. You got me on that one. I don't know if I've heard that name. Yeah, he's he's been around. He's just one of those. He's a guy. He kind of stands in the back of the room. He's a guy. <laughs> he's present. <laughs> he consumes air. Correct. He might instruct a baseballer or two, but he doesn't do it a, a lot else. But anyway, I'll, I'll have to tell you a story that's uh, a little racist and pretty great. So, uh, but Bo, Buck Showalter was involved, which is always great. This this might actually make you laugh about something with Buck, and that's always helpful with him because he sucks. Yeah, anything to brighten the mood when we're talking about Showalter would be great. Agreed. Well, um, 
So Ben and I, so Ben's been on my case a ton lately about the NL West and specifically the Diamondbacks. And I'm a big Tori Lavulo guy, obviously. I think that guy's a great manager. Um, sucks. He, he reminds me of Bannister in so many ways. And anyway, so Ben's been giving me a bunch of shit because, like, he keeps asking me. So the last two episodes we've done, uh, whenever we've gone around the Diamond and talked about all the standings and everything, they've been one of nine in their last ten. The last, it might be honestly even be the last three times because they're 18 and 20 or 18 they, of their last 20 games they've lost. Oh, they own that division for the first, whatever, 30 yeah, games. They own the NL, really. And other than like the Mets, they, it was kind of a neck and neck thing. But it's, even so, man, it's, it's been a huge cliff they fell, they fell off on. And so that was one of the things I wanted to address with you. I wanted to get your thoughts, man, and see, uh, I don't know what uh, what you think is going on there. I think it's multifaceted myself, but let's. Uh, what what are your thoughts about that team? Yeah, the Diamondbacks. It's sad, right? It's it's early in the season still. I guess we're what like fifty games through. So call it call they're, it a third of the season. They're through fifty five. Right? Fifty five. Okay. So yeah, pretty much a third of the season is over with, and uh, they did really well for the first for 30, 40 games. Uh, it's a tale. It's a tale of two D backs, right? You've got. Uh, the guys who throw the ball and they do a really good job of that. And then there's the guys who hit the ball and they don't do that very well. Um, for the longest time during, during the season, they had the lowest CRA. They had like the most strikeouts. They were crushing it. I mean, even compared to the Astros and the, and the Sox. And um, I forgot the other one in the top, the other team, in the top four in terms of pitching stats, but the Yankees yeah, would have been at Yankees. That point. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I think the Nats are up there now. They're they're absolutely cruising with their pitching. But uh, they um, they uh, have good pitching and they can't hit the ball. I think they're hitting like two fifteen as a team. You've got a really one of the arguably one of the best baseball players, Paul Goldschmidt, who's hitting like two oh nine. For reference, Zach Greinke, the pitcher, is hitting two thirty five. <laughs> um, and you just expect. <laughs> That's an incredible stat. <laughs> There's that uh, Patrick Corbin is also hitting like 280 something. Their other pitcher, so uh, not great for Goldie. His he's all forearms and he just can't hit the ball this season. What is going on with that? I mean, have you have you watched much of him to see? It just seems uncharacteristic. Seems very Chris Davis of him. Seems very Chris Davis of him. But you know, Chris Davis is just pure four three outcome guy or whatever. He's just going to walk strike out or hit a home run. Sure. Uh, I think Goldschmidt hits for power and he fucking steals bases all the time. Like he's, he's a five tool guy and he weighs like seven metric tons. I don't know. Um, so I think he could have some sort of injury that we're not hearing about. He could just be having an off year, you know, hitting, hitting the baseball is super difficult. If you listen to Jason worth hitting a baseball is the hardest thing in the galaxy. <laughs> wow. So, um, could be an injury just could be streaky um he might be demotivated i mean he doesn't have a great supporting cast he's got jake lamb and descalso behind him like it's not a it's not a great lineup right it's really not david peralta for whatever reason he had a good season last year but he's not he's not doing very well this year but um of qualified hitters um he's not doing great and if, you're, if you don't have Goldschmidt hitting and nobody else is any good, then you're going to have a shitty offense. And they're, la- they're last in the league in runs scored, I think, uh, and batting average. I guess those two, those two usually go hand in hand. Yeah, that seems like that would be a thing. So uh, I feel bad for them. But so they have, they have one guy with more than 10 home runs. They have uh, four guys with 20 or more RBIs, and no one is hitting over 300. Uh, the Rangers in con have two guys hitting over 300 and multiple guys with more than 10 home runs and way more than four guys with 20 plus RBIs. Wow. That's, that's crazy. I think, uh, they've also dealt with Pollock being like in and out of the lineup all year so far, which is kind of, it's gotta be maddening to try to fill out a lineup card that way. Um, I mean, totally. he's hitting 293, 349 and slugging 620. So, I mean, that's not terrible. I mean, that's, that's good. That's not respectable. Great, but but, yeah, but you need you need a lot of that. A right. lot of guys performing at that level to string together some some decent innings. Exactly. And I was looking at Paul Goldschmidt, and like 
he only has 19 RBIs. He's hit seven home runs, but he's only had two swipe bags at all. So he must be hurting. Maybe he's just getting older. That's pretty common. Yeah, as he's 30 now, either that or it's the Hanley Ramirez effect where he put on like a shit ton of mass and just can't maneuver that around. I it's totally possible. It's, it's definitely possible. It's totally possible. Um, a couple of other side notes about this team. Chris Owings has had like, so he's hitting really, like he started off really, really hot, but then he must be, have been fucking terrible since then because like that dude is batting 190. He's not even above the Mendoza line. Well, you know, he plays defense in a lot of positions. Yes, uh, a In lot. fact, many positions. I challenge you to name the positions that Chris Owings doesn't play. There aren't many. Okay, so I know he's primarily been a right fielder. I know that he's played at third base this year. I'm pretty sure he's played it short and maybe second. Ding. Yeah, I, I mean, one. I wish I had your soundboard so I could just be oh, dinging you when you're there correct. You yeah, there you go. Um, does he play first? No. Uh, right, I didn't think I'd seen him play first. I remember him playing all those other ones. Um, I know he's played in left field. And I don't think he's played in center. He has played every position except for catcher, first base, and pitcher. Okay. Well, I kind of figured pitcher was a given, but right. So that's second, short, third, wow. right, center, and left. And, and you know what? Now that now that you say it, it actually does kind of seem familiar that I saw him like just caught a game or something where he was in center because I think that was he was kind of filling in at, at one point for Pollock because they were trying to figure out where he fits in and and just right. trying to make that happen. So um, super uncommon to have someone who is like an uber utility guy like that. But uh, the, the Diamondbacks sneakily have another guy who does that in, in Descalso. He plays first, second, third, left, and right. Wow. So they've got two guys who play a shitload of positions. You've always got to wonder, like, <laughs> how did center field get left out? Or how did, you know, short get left out? Or whatever. Like, it's just one of those things. And I mean, I get it. It's your, the situation you're in, right? No matter where you are, but it's just yeah. always fun. I see, I see missing short and center as a speed or range thing. He, you know, worse, worse reflexes or, right. or something to that effect. Got to be. Let's look at their pitching. So Patrick Corbin, let's see. Patrick Corbin's got a 299. He's their best pitcher by far. Uh, he's gone 75 in a third innings pitched. He's had... Uh, 25 earned, 10 home runs, 98 strikeouts, a whip of 0.942. Strikeouts per nine is 11.7. That's not terrible. I take it. No, no, it's not. Their rotation is decent, and that's really all you need if you have uh, an offense that can put up runs, which they don't. They're right. relying almost solely on their pitching to get them through any amount of wins. Um. So if you just if you get like, you know, one point four five more runs per game, they're gonna win a hell of a lot more games behind their pitching. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I was looking at this this lineup and it's so crazy, like just thinking back on like um Archie Bradley, for example, and just how like toted yeah. he was and like how badly that has not worked out. Um oh, so sad. He's the best guy in the bullpen, despite the fact that he's not the closer. Right. Um yeah, exactly. He really is. And he seems to, like, he's pitched 26 and a third innings this year. So, like, for a mid-reliever, that's that's a decent amount of work. Um, yeah. One thing that I thought was really funny, there's one person that I, I, I still can't wrap my mind around being part of this pitching staff. I don't know if that's just for the any kind of long term, but Clay fucking Buckholz pitches for them. Yeah, is he a Merc now? Is he just like the um, Mike Napoli of pitchers, and he's just going to go around until something sticks on the wall? Well, for that to happen, he has to bounce between like two different teams, in that, or like three different teams, because he was only a Ranger, a Red Sox, and a, an Indian, but bounced around between all those like 50 times. Yeah. Um, Maybe the GMs are just really good friends. They just don't like him, and they're just, you, you take him, and then yeah, you here. take him. That's called foisting somebody, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But he, uh, I mean, he's only, I think he, he's making a start tonight, but I think he's only made one other. Um, no, he's had two. And he's got a 164 ERA. I mean, that's, the thing about Cladro is always that he, like, um, he always flashed absolute brilliance. But he could never stay healthy long enough to make that, like, sustain. And then it just got bad, and then he pitched in Boston, and that's, that's recipe for disaster. As far as, yeah. And so, like, like, it's one of those things I always feel like, man, maybe I never gave him a fair shot, but I also gave him a fair shot for like eight years. So, yeah. I, and he I like, had his chance with you, and now you're over him, and right. you've broken up with him. I, my heart has moved on to Big Bart. You know, <laughs> it happens. It happens. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a funny addition whenever I saw that he got picked up the other day by them. And it's not that surprising. Mike Hazen's their GM. He was with the Red Sox for a long time. It makes sense. Right. So. Yeah, um, you got to pick up. You got to pick up somebody to round out the rotation occasionally. Yeah, exactly. Man, that that NL West though, that's just a shitty baseball division. Yeah, I think arguably they're they're probably the second worst division in baseball behind the AL Central. Um, who I, even as a kid. I swear to God, I could never keep the twins and the the Indians straight for some reason. <laughs> and I actually, I actually caught a sportcaster making that mistake last night. They were talking about the Indians, and they said the twins, and I was like, I did that <laughs> when I was seven. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't just me. <laughs> uh, but I mean, they're to me, they're always Central's always the worst division, even when you know the Royals are good or like the Indians are good. It seems like they have potentially one good team. And then the rest of the teams are always garbage. Uh, I guess Detroit was good for a little while there, but um, they they're in the they're in the basement. And then the NL West, who should be pretty good. Like you look at the Diamondbacks, they they're they should be a better team. Yep. Uh, the Dodgers obviously not doing what anybody expected. And then Colorado has the you know in the last three years probably one of the most potent offenses in baseball. Um, no one's really doing much, and I think what's what's the Diamondbacks' record right now? Is it like just above five hundred? Yeah, they're one game over five hundred. Yeah, that's not good. No, right? they everything there sucks. San Francisco sucks. Padres suck. That's not really a surprise to anyone. Um, I would expect Colorado, the Dodgers, and the Diamondbacks to be a little bit more competitive. I mean, Arizona better watch out because the Giants could creep up on them pretty quickly. Yeah, for all, I mean, having lived in the Bay Area, I don't want them to have nice things. So I think they should just, uh, the, the Giants should not do anything good. Are, that you, would re- make me are happy. you really that big of an anti-Giants guy? Uh, I love their stadium. It's the nicest stadium in baseball, Absolutely. without a doubt. Um, I haven't been to PNC, but I, I do believe AT&T is probably, on on probably one or two, right? Yep, I agree. Um, I think it's the best one. Other than that, no. I just, I think the fan base is garbage and... Uh, they take it, take it for granted that they have this really nice ballpark and they're very snobby about it. I, I went to, um, a giants game a couple years ago when I lived there and I bought a hot dog and a beer, go figure, right? I wanted a, a, a brew and a dog at a baseball game. Sure. And the woman in front of me had, you know, there's a lot of really good food options and she, she turns around, she goes, you came to a baseball game and got a hot dog. And I'm like, I'm at a fucking baseball game. You bet your ass. I got a hot dog. I don't want your fucking, you know, shrimp quesadillas. I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're delightful, but get yeah. off my ass for ordering yeah. a hot dog. Yeah. Fuck you. I don't need your shit. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Very, very NorCal behavior. Yeah, it really is. NorCal is always, I think you and I talked, this wasn't, by the way, that wasn't the time that you and I went, right? It could have been. It, I was definitely not alone. Okay. Well, who knows? But anyway, um, it's very much like uh, the whole fan base up there is so like because everybody's a transplant. Nobody's from Northern California. Like everybody moves to Northern California. But if they are from Northern California, oh, they will let you know. Good point. And I, I get it. I understand. But like, ugh, I don't know. That's I, I that's way more attitude than I would have expected over a hot dog. Yeah, right. Like I was like the, the tube of mystery meat. <laughs> that they serve at baseball. I mean, just leave me the fuck alone, all right? right? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Your shrimp quesadillas. Um, yeah, man, I think that... Um, you know what? I, I was thinking about this, too, the other day. Like, with that team, like, it feels like... I was thinking about Andrew McCutcheon specifically, and I was like, I wonder whatever the fuck happened to him. Because it seems like every time someone goes to that team, if you're not named Brandon Belt, you're just, like, fall into some sort of, like, hole that nobody really knows... <laughs> you know 
Would you say that they fall into the stat hole? <laughs> the stat hole. <laughs> what a callback to the last episode. I'm absolutely going to cut that as a drop just for you. <laughs> uh, I mean, San Francisco could be better for sure. They've got Brandon Bell. Brandon Crawford, also generally a pretty good hitter. I get those um, two confused. Buster Posey, probably the best catcher in baseball. Um, they got your Pablo. Pablo fucking Sandoval, as you like to Fuck say. Fuck him. Oh, my God. And he's, like, actually having an okay year with him, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Yeah, uh, totally. Fuck him. Uh, I'm glad to know that we're paying for it. Um, a, team with, a team with Buster Posey, Evan Longoria, Andrew McCutcheon not doing so hot offensively is pretty sad. It really is. Is that a Bochy thing? It can't be. Nope. Six-pack. Six-pack's doing his job. Yep. Go figure. Uh, yeah, that Dodgers team, man, they cannot, the only team that I've seen more riddled with injuries this year is your fantasy team. Uh, yeah. Um, again, I don't want to dive too far into fantasy, but I hate my fucking fantasy baseball team. <laughs> I beat the first place team a couple weeks ago. And a couple weeks before that, I lost the last, the last place team. Oh, um, and I've lost every week. I lose two guys to injuries and I'm just rotating through guys. It's fucking horrible. I had like 17 heart attacks whenever I saw Acuna Jr. go down in the Red Sox game the other day for you, for my like most toted player in baseball this year because I think that kid's fucking incredible. Um, I really wanted to win that game. So, you know, it was a, it was a mixed bag of feelings. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, that Dodgers team, they cannot stay healthy. And I think they're about to get Kershaw back though, right? Uh, I believe that is true. I'm yeah. not, I'm not a hundred percent on that one. I'm pretty sure. Cause right. he only had like a strain or something. So it wasn't like a, a severe injury. One thing that, uh, I forgot to mention when we were talking about the giants and it's going to be just in time for me to play you in fantasy next. Mad button's uh -oh. going to be back in like two weeks. Well, like week. whatever. Dirt by bum gardener is not going to fucking scare me. He struck out eight in his first rehab start and 12 in his second. You and I both know that rehab starts at double or triple A don't mean shit. Well, I'm using it as ammo right now, so it does mean shit, okay? <laughs> well, well, that is how I picked my draft my draftees before the season started, um, and that didn't go too well. Eh. Iron Buxton sucks. Yeah, at least, I mean, yeah, could have been worse. Could have um, been better. Speaking of, speaking of disabled list, uh, just an update on the number of days spent on the DL. Texas Rangers still uh, at the top of the list with 620 Six two zero days on the DL. Ugh. The next, the next highest is four or five hundred and forty eight days on the DL. So we are like orders of magnitude higher than anybody else. That's not an excuse. I think even if everyone was healthy, it would still um, be terrible. But um, hey, Rude Nedordor hit his first home run of the year the other day. Who did? Rude Nedordor. He had a walk off home run the other day. Good for oh, him. Nice. Well, yeah, I think he's he's a bit of a scumbag, even though he's on my team. I appreciate. Is grit, I suppose. Sure. I want to do, I'm going to write a blog at some point pretty soon. I want to look at the numbers from the day of that punch until now. Ooh, see if there's, see if there's an inflection point like Matt Harvey's game five. It's good old skyline chili eating Matt Harvey. <laughs> Just taking shits on the mound. Uh, right. he, got, he got his first win in he Cincinnati. Did. Actually, his first win of the year. Yeah. And also uh, that catcher that they traded for. The peanuts. Yeah, he's actually being like playing. I mean, it's a better option than Jose Lobatone. <laughs> Lobatone. It's an incredible name. That's a strong ass baseball name. That's a Pokemon name. It's a strong, um, like Latin American name. I like it. Yeah, like definitely it. Don Lobatone. Right? He yes. he does coke and sells it. Yes, no doubt about it. Did you happen to see that uh, that Rizzo slide the other day in the Cubs Pirates game? I did. That shit was uh, aggressive. So aggressive. <laughs> so aggressive. I mean, there, I've got, uh, I was looking at the GIF on repeat on some stupid website, and I was like, all right, is he motioning towards uh, Diaz? I think Diaz is the catcher. And he absolutely takes a step right for oh, him yeah. and sli slides right into the catcher, and the catcher's like actively trying to get out of the way. Um, yeah. He also threw the what, ball into the outfield. Heard, <laughs> Sorry? Oh, I was going to say, he also threw the ball into the outfield. <laughs> yeah, well, rightfully so. He got nicked. Yeah, fuck him. Uh, Rizzo made no bones about it, though. He was like, he was asked, were you trying to break up the double play? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> no shit. I mean, um, yeah. 
the the ruling I think on the field and in New York was wrong. Yep. Um, and the MLB told Rizzo that they were wrong, and um, there were no repercussions for that. Which I guess that that's fine. Like the ruling on the field was called, and then they overturned. You know, after the fact, we got we fucked it up. Like, don't do that again. Yeah. There are some people who are mad that you know he's not being fined or uh, whatever, but that doesn't do let, shit. He he knows yep. uh, what he did. He made no bones about it. So I, I like the beef that it's causing between the Pirates and the Cubs because um, I just like stewed beef. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. I think um, it was intentional all the way, and I mean he knows the rules. And I mean I was reading the actual rules. From the, you know, like spelled out from the rule book, and it's still ambiguous. The thing I love about baseball the most is just that, like, you have so many games, so many, like, repetitions of things that happen. Like, like a, a casual throw to, to first base to clean up, you know, a strikeout. Like, those kinds of things, like, end up getting taken for granted at weird times, and just, like, strange shit happens. And then I feel like whenever strange shit happens, because it's so repetitive, nobody knows what to do. And everybody just yes. loses their head every time. This is uh, not to call it back to the Rangers yet again, but um, I'll allow it. Shinsu Chu has has a habit of getting himself into some very strange situations um, after while he's in the batter's box um, with shit happening with the ball. Right, this happened in the uh, ALDS with the the Blue Jays. You know, he takes the pitch and then he sticks his arm out like he always does. He pulls his sleeve up. And the catcher throws the ball, it bounces off the bat, and then Ruben Odor scores from third. Yep. And then the other day, the ball bounced off the <laughs> bounced off his face, and then <laughs> uh, the catcher um, uh, Perez was able to throw out uh, someone at second base because it, it, the ball just bounced right off Shinsuji's face. So it's those weird it's those weird rules that uh, very rarely get called into action that kind of can make a difference it's pretty fun though it's pretty cool i don't know it just breaks it up i guess i totally agree i love that shit it just seems to stoke this like weird burning fire and i don't know it's just fun um i love that it's re speaking of stoking a fire though i do love that it's re uh, like kind of revoked or re-invoked this rivalry that uh, a lot of people probably don't even aren't even really that familiar with the cubs and pirates rivalry yeah Nothing like a good mess, Midwestern dust-up, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What was it uh, Musgrove did earlier? Oh, yeah. Um, I Whether it was retaliatory or not for the hard slide that Rizzo made, uh, but Musgrove, the pitcher, was sliding into second base, and he slid way late and right over the bag and directly into Javi Baez, Baez is athletic enough. He just kind of like bounced off of the the, oaf, the oafishly huge Musgrove. Indeed. Um, and Musgrove was was called out, obviously, because he didn't can maintain contact with the bag, which is part of the new ruling. Um, and he starts walking away. Baez chirps at him a little bit, and they seem to have solved the entirety of their their beef right there and started you know walking away. But by then the benches already had already cleared, and then they had to do the whole the whole fucking two Break step it around it. Yep. Everybody gets all hot under the collar for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. man, that man, that rule just killed the neighborhood play. Sucks. Um, yep, that's the downside. But Chase, to it. Chase Utley, the Nazi, you know, broke what's his face's leg on the Mets, making a, a hard slide into second. There's a case to be made for player safety, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I mean, I get it. Like the the mantra of baseball is always the grittiness of it, right? And being a hard ass and, and all that. I get all that, but I mean, there, I mean, we talked about Buster Posey a little bit ago and there's no reason that he should have ever had the injury that he did a couple years ago. And it was a, it was a rightful rule change and it hasn't affected a damn thing for the most part. I totally agree. Doesn't that even, one makes perfect sense. Doesn't even come up that often. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's fun. Uh, did you ever see there was a goose at the Tigers game the other day? I did. It flew into a scoreboard. Um, <laughs> at the which end, it was I, so I audibly laughed at. I saw it today while I was at work. Um, I, I work in a very open area with like lots of desks, and I just started cracking up. And people were like, "What's going on?" And I was like, "The goose! There's the a goose!" goose. At the wall. <laughs> and they're like, "What the fuck?" Goose on the field. Goose on the field. <laughs> yeah, I, I was loving the fact that he like uh, 
He like sat up on the ledge of the dugout. So you're telling like, me ever. It was great. I absolutely love oh, it. So good. I think um, I saw after the fact that they tweeted out uh, a picture of the goose and it said the goose is unharmed or something, <laughs> something to that effect, because everyone was super worried about the goose. Now the scoreboard. Yeah, I think they're. I think it's going to be okay. I didn't see anything go wrong with it. Do you think it has a goose-shaped mark in it now? I kind of hope that the answer is yes, but I, I don't think that the answer is yeah. yes. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate for sure. <laughs> Where's Ben when you meet, need him to make some stupid-ass goose joke? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm struggling, struggling to make a goose joke. We'll go with end this. of month. We'll go with this instead. <laughs> My dealers use jitterbug. <laughs> 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 is that a reference to the old person's cell phone? Uh, yeah, I think so. Jitterbug? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was nice one of those. Fun. I was like, I can't not cut this. This is going to be great. Um, oh, oh man. The last thing I think I had, we had on the agenda to talk about is Otani. Uh, man, dude's throwing fucking thunder. That dude is not unhittable, but he's really, really good. And you know, it's been, enough times uh, with him on the mound that people should have a good book on him to hit his pitches and uh, they're still not doing it. His slider is unfucking hittable. I think people have got like one hit off of his slider or something ridiculous like that. Dude, it's so um, nasty. He recently had the fastest fastball pitch by a pitcher at over 101 miles an hour. What happened before that? Uh, the pitch before that, I believe, was like a 70-mile-an-hour breaking ball for a strike <laughs> up up in the zone. Was that when he got um, somebody on three straight pitches? Oh, no. That was uh, that was a different at-bat. Jose Iglesias of oh, the that's right. Detroit Tigers yeah. was struck out on three filthy, filthy breaking balls. It was curveball, you know, down and away, 70 miles an hour, and then um, – Probably a, a maybe a sinker. I'm not sure, yeah. but it was like three breaking balls that uh, progressively getting further and lower away from Iglesias, <laughs> and he just looked he looked pitiful up there, swinging the bat like a girl. He, dude, he knows his slider Somewhere. with that left to right or uh, right to left. I mean, slider. Is, yeah, is just insane. It really is. The movement on it is it's almost like a knuckleball movement, but like like motion of the ball but like an actual movement of a slider yeah i keep nodding my head as though uh listeners can see me agreeing with you well, it works um, out that fine. is not the case i very much agree with that at that point <laughs> he has an amazing uh pitch repertoire yeah he really does and like i feel like he has a better mastering of it than like darvish did when he first came over i mean i darvish just has like a bag full of like 37 pitches that he can throw but, like, Otani is a much better command guy, it seems like. Yeah, I totally agree. I think Darvish can throw, like, a 65-mile-an-hour curveball uh, and, like, really float one in there and then follow it up with, like, 99 high and, high and tight or whatever. Yeah. Once upon a time, no longer. Exactly. Um, Otani has, like, six pitches that he commands um, at, with excellent, excellent accuracy. It's unbelievable. With absolute, like, Perfection. Dominance, yeah, just perfection. There's a uh, there's a book I read um, called the the Arm, I believe. It's by Jeff Passan. He used to write for Yahoo Sports and or Passan. I don't, I've never really known how to say his name. But I've always heard him pronounce it Passan. So what? Wessel. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, he did a huge study about. <laughs> Um, that was a little racist, by the way. Um, he, he did a huge study about the arm and like UCL surgeries, and and uh, he there was a, an expansive couple chapters about Trevor Bauer, which uh, he's like the ultimate hard ass in baseball. Um, and there's a training clinic that he trains with up in in uh, Washington that's uh, mm -hmm. known for very very unorthodox tactics. And there's actually been video of him recently at the that. Uh, place that's kind of come out I think he tweeted out of him just trying to throw the ball as absolutely hard as he can and I think he hit like one almost 130 or something like that because it's no Whoa. form it's like just all out all your power into throwing the ball and wow. I mean the dude can throw heat and I think he just I don't know he's sort of a savant I feel like in a lot of ways there but anyway um this book talks a lot about like 
um, pitching over in Japan and like and and uh, how like their methodology of like never worrying about pitch counts and being tired and like you're expected to start the whole game if you can like that's the the idea and like how much different the workload is and just its connection to UCL surgery and things like that and, and elbow health in general. And uh, it, it went into a lot about like Darvish and how, um, you know, what his, his specialty was. And it, it was a little bit, I think it came out in 2016. So it's, it ha- hadn't quite gotten to Otani by that point. I'd be interested to know yeah. what his thoughts there are, but the command is just so much bigger of a thing over there. And Darvish is almost a, an uh, outlier of that because uh, Dice K was like that too. Remember the gyro ball? Yep. I remember the gyro ball. It was a wild pretty. thing. It was really pretty. Yeah. It's interesting. The I mean, a lot of that to me is cultural. I think the Japanese are probably the hardest working humans on the planet. Um, and not just hardworking, but very smart with every effort that they make. And um, they don't really give a shit how many hours you work or, you know, if you translate that into baseball, how many pitches you throw. It's like, right. Uh, until you start sucking, we're gonna we're gonna keep you out there. That would suck. Once you figure it out. That would suck if you were like Derek Holland or Zach Greinke. Yeah, I put those in the same category. Yeah, I don't like either of them. I think they're <laughs> just pasty pasty white folk. <laughs> Greinke made a huge mistake leaving Los Angeles. I totally agree. I think well. He's he's got you know some some mental health concerns. Right. I guess mental health makes it sound so derogatory, but like it's not. anxiety anxiety issues. Like yeah. they're they're diagnosed, and he has problems with big stages. And Arizona is a great place for him to try and fucking get it together. I understand that, but I also feel like there's probably merit to like staying behind Kershaw and letting him be the guy because that's what he's expected to be in Arizona. So it's really the same thing to me. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a really good point, right? Yeah, if you're if you're tier two in LA, that's like being tier one anywhere else. Exactly. So I, it, that's always been a, that was always an interesting thing to me as far as like decisions made and and all that. I I I, I have a lot of respect for Zach Granke because I think he's uh, I've I've read a lot about that mental mental thing that he deals with too. I mean, it's a it's severe anxiety. It's not just a little bit. Like it's it's pretty intense. And, uh, and yeah. you don't see that in a pitcher that often. Usually they're pretty buttoned up mentally because they need to be. But right. he's just not one of those guys. That's so rare to see in the big leagues. Usually that works itself out. Yeah, to me that just screams that he has such natural talent that he didn't really have a choice to be anything but a baseball player, right? I mean, he, was, he must be right. so good at pitching that this is the option. He's not going to get his MBA and be, become like – a finance guy like you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He has to throw baseballs and he has to get over this anxiety. Exactly. He's no Tim Lincecum. I know, I know that. <laughs> uh, big time Timmy Jim. Oh, man. Such a sh- I was really, really hoping that he would actually make a, a run with the Rangers and maybe get back to being healthy again. Because that dude, when he was good, he was, he was fucking good. He was filthy, but he's so... I mean, he just looks so frail. They called him the freak for a reason, right? Yep. He, dude, yeah. He, I always was amazed by that, too. It's crazy. I unfortunately I put Chris Sale in, in the same category. I'm like, how are you still throwing the ball? Like you see the slow mo or like the stop the um the photos of him mid pitch. Yeah. And it just looks like his arm's gonna break off. And I'm super uh glad that it hasn't happened. But yeah. he is not he's skin and bones and he just fucking hurls heat. He really does. And it, no injuries in, in a while now. Yeah. Right? Knock on wood. They uh, they watch definitely... after this. We're, the the curse will continue for the the Red Sox after <laughs> I mention that. I'm sure damn, of it. Damn you. Um, <laughs> he um, they've definitely been. Cora has been limiting his his pitch count and his outings this year. Um, Rightfully so. Yeah, because John Farrell's a fucking asshole and sent him back out like to get that 300 strikeout when he had like six more. He had like. Not six more. He had like two or three more starts ahead of him that he could have gotten that easily. But Farrell, you know, like just things like that. And he was gassed by the time the playoffs came around. You could tell. Right. That's such an old man baseball move, right? You're, you have no, you're just, you've got the um, target in mind and you're not thinking big picture. You're thinking like two weeks out. It's not a, not a great, not a great outlook. It really confuses me because Dana Lavangie is the Red Sox pitching coach now. And he has like a, a stoic look kind of like Farrell does. He's got kind of that jaw and every now and then 
it'll flash to him in the dugout or whatever, and I'll see. Or I think he's their bench coach. I, I, all of a sudden, it's, I'm blanking on that. But anyway, I'll look over in the dugout and see him and be like, holy shit, that looks like John Farrell. Why is he in the Ooh. dugout? <laughs> um, I feel like I have that moment at least once a week whenever I'm watching a game. So it's wow. definitely been strange. At least it's not yeah. Ruben Amaro Jr. playing or uh, being the first base coach. Who? Who? That's not good. <laughs> is he anywhere, I wonder? No way. I don't know. No way. I have no idea. So I was just looking at uh, Diamondback current injuries, and we were talking about how their pitching is really, really good. Um, notable pitchers that are on the DL right now, Robbie Ray, Oblique, Taiwan Walker, young guy, but uh, was really he had really good outings with um, Seattle when he was brought up. He had Tommy John, and then uh, Miller also Tommy John. So these guys, Taiwan Walker probably out for the season since he had surgery on the the 25th of April, um, but Robbie Ray will be back here pretty shortly, I think, um, and that's going to just further improve their their pitching. I, I expect them to get even better pitching-wise, sparring any huge setbacks, but they've really just got to hit the baseball more. Sorry to bring it back to our original No, topic. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. I think uh, that that Shelby Miller trade, I I feel like I keep going back and forth on who got the shit into that stick. Uh, but I think, I think I finally decided it was probably Arizona. I don't know. Yeah, I totally agree. The Braves so, robbed him uh, originally, though. I believe it. I mean, if the, that would be a really good addition for them. I don't think well, – so that, I, made, I made a very um, interesting bet. So it's twofold. Um, I made this bet at the start of May. So this was like May 4th in the office with a guy. I bet him $20 that the Braves would not be in first place by the end of the month. And um, the Braves are down half a game right now. They're in second place in the NL East behind the Nats. They play the Nats tonight. Wow. So that oh, yeah. Down to the wire. Wow. Second, second prediction that the Braves would not make the playoffs. I don't believe they will. I don't think so either. I don't think they'll hang on. But no. um, that was a little bit heftier of a bet at $50. I um, firmly believe that they don't have it. They don't have what it takes to hang on. But I, I bring this up because if I, if I, my suspicions are that obviously the, the Red Sox are your favorite team. If you had to pick a second team right now, it would probably be the Braves. Yeah, definitely. Outside of those two teams, who do you like to watch a lot? Um, so it's really hard to answer that question because I have to stay down the middle as far as bias go, even though I don't when it comes to the Red Sox because, you know what, fuck that. Um, and <laughs> You just completely discounted all of your credibility. By I know. I need to be unbiased, except when I don't. Except for it. except for when I don't feel like doing it. Right. I I realize <laughs> what I said. Um, no, but I I really really try to watch a balanced amount of the rest of the league because I I like to get a, keep a pulse on it. And it's one of those things like like we talked about this too. Like I fucking loved watching John Carlos Stanton the last couple of years. Like I loved watching that Miami team because it was a lot of fun actually to watch. And the wheeling I and dealing has oh, begun. A huge trade tonight some, uh, here. Shelby Miller going from the. I was looking up that Shelby Miller trade for you real quick, and got a little little internet ad. Uh, but I'll go back <laughs> to that in just a second. But uh, I I really really have enjoyed this year. Uh, I've been watching a little bit of Houston. Just I mean they're great to watch. I've been watching a ton of the uh, the Braves. I've been watching a ton of the Mets really too. Um, just to see how that goes. I've been keeping a pretty close eye on Philly. So it's been a ton of NL East, I feel like, this year for me. Yeah. Um, whereas maybe uh, the last couple of years, I've really kind of kept one eyeball on the NL West because, uh, I mean, Colorado was a hell of a lot of fun to watch, which, by the yes. way, I meant to tell you earlier, I bet you that Hanley ends up in Colorado. Ooh, he would just launch moonshots yeah, all day. Exactly. That's why I think he'll end up there. Um Maybe. It it really depends, man. It depends on the year and, and everything. And I've been trying to keep an eye on the Indians, too, because I feel like they're going to come alive. But yes. with each passing day, I wonder a little bit more. I really do. But yep. we'll see, man. Uh, so tell me who you think won this trade. So going back to the Dimebacks real quick, and then we're going to wrap up anyway. But um, So Shel they traded for Shelby Miller. They got Shelby Miller and from the Braves – in or no, they sent. Uh, excuse me, they sent Shelby Shelby Miller to the Diamondbacks in exchange for Dansby Swanson and 
funny enough, we were just talking about this guy the other day, Ender Enciarte. Ooh, wow. Braves, Braves are winning right yeah. now, for sure. But, uh, and they, dude, because I don't know if Shelby Miller's pitched at all there, has he? Um, I don't think so. I think he's been hurt the entire time he's been there. Yeah, he's, uh, he had Tommy John. He's expected back midseason. Right. So, I mean, that sucks, man. Especially given, man, they would kill to have Dansby right now. Right. I think Ender is um, punching above his weight right now or outkicking his coverage, as Ben might say. Um, but, yeah, the, for Dansby alone, a straight trade, one for one, I think that would have been good. And they put Ender on top, and he's having a breakout season. Not breakout, but he's having a, a better above season. average season. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that um, they – those were two pe- – I mean, with the youth movement that's been going on in Atlanta, that was a really good trade because it really added more to the team along with the growth um, that's been happening. So it's, it's, yeah. it's a cool thing to see, man. They've been a fun team to watch. Well, man, I really, I totally agree. I really do appreciate you coming on and talking a little bit of baseball with me. It's been a, been a minute, so I wanted to make sure you got on and uh, wanted to make sure we didn't do it at 7 o'clock in the morning. Yes. No, I appreciate it. Uh, I look forward to it every time, and um, I look forward to the next one. Absolutely. Well, ha- man, one day, I swear, today's Ben's little girl's birthday. Or I don't think it's – it's not her birthday, but they're celebrating her birthday today because uh, I think she got sick for her uh, birthday party. So they were – Well, let's, kinda... be, let's be careful now because we know that listener Dan values correctness. So make sure you – Agree. Listener Dan is absolutely a, guy, a stickler for correctness, So, and I, I appreciate it about it. But – uh, anyway, so he couldn't end up being on tonight. Uh, and I feel like every time that we have a chance to jump on, it's the same kind of thing. But that's all right. Ben will join us soon. Uh, but yeah, man, I appreciate it. And we'll talk with you soon. Sounds good. See that y'all. Is, that is the great Sam Vino. We would like to thank the great Sam Bino for joining us again. It was a lot of fun. It always is. I look forward to having him back again. I also look forward to having my co-host Ben back again. I want to remind everybody to follow us on social media. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Outfielder Pod on Facebook, the Outfielder Podcast and on Instagram at Outfielder Pod as well. We are on the Apple iTunes store. We are on the Google Play store. We will soon be on Spotify We will be adding avenues to make sure that you can have your access to the outfielder on the break and any other sensibly loud podcast that there is out there. It has been a pleasure as usual. We want to thank everybody for tuning in for episode 23 of the Outfielder Podcast. We would like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with a sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield, and we'll see you next time right here on the Outfielder Podcast.